and welcome to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Welcome to Soberholic Podcast. We're doing another show, and thank you for listening to this show. So, I got a really cool topic for us today, Roger. You do? Yes. Oh, it was cooler than that intro. (laughs) What? There was nothing wrong with my intro. It was better than your last one. (laughs) Or I thought you had started smoking crack all of a sudden. (laughs) That was my radio announcer voice. Oh, I got you. But anyway, the way we're starting this show off, it involves marshmallows. Marshmallows? Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea where I'm going with this, do you? Not unless it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Are you scared? I don't really know what to expect, <laughs> to be honest with you. Anyway, so what we're going to be talking about today is instant gratification versus delayed gratification. And this definitely pertains to recovery and, and sobriety. And marshmallows. So, the marshmallow thing. Here we go. So, in 1972, there was a study done by Stanford um, university on delayed gratification versus instant gratification. And what they did is they got children in like an empty room and they sat them down at a table and they pulled out one marshmallow and they sat it on the table and they told the child, Hey, I'm going to be leaving for uh, a few minutes. If you don't eat this marshmallow, well then when I come back, I'll give you a second marshmallow like if you don't eat the first one. And so you'll you'll have more marshmallows if you don't eat that first one. Right. And so then the researcher, you know, left the room and was gone for like 15 minutes, I think. And most of the children did what you think they were going to do, which is... Ate the marshmallow. They ate the first marshmallow. <laughs> and um, I, I've seen this. I saw a video of this... Um, this experiment that when it was it was re, it's been redone several times, but anyway the videos are hilarious. Like you I've see, seen this because <laughs> when you because I've seen yeah. it done with cake and cookies yeah. too. The little kid is just sitting there because they have a camera on. Yeah. Them. yeah, and their eyes are all looking around. They're looking yeah. to see if they're going to get away with it, like they're doing something wrong. And then all of a sudden, you can just see the gears turning in their head. They're like, uh, then you see all of a sudden, like you know, they're about to eat that marshmallow, and then they eat it. But there were a few children who managed to not eat the marshmallow. Um, I don't know what, I can't remember what the percentage was, but when the researcher came back, you know, gave them a second marshmallow or whatever. Right. So what that tells us is that it's like we're wired for instant gratification. You know, that's, that's what that study basically shows us is that that's what we all want. I mean, that's what as human beings, we're just wired like that. We want... We want it now, or actually, we want it yesterday. And so, you know, for for somebody who's you know struggling in, with addiction and uh, struggling in their sobriety, knows this all too well. You know, like you, I, I, it kind of made me think about whenever I was on the color code system. I was on, it was in drug court. You know, the diversion program. Um, and there's lots of diversion. You know, most counties have some type mm-hmm. of diversion program. Well, ours, you had to call in on your color uh, for a color code every morning. And so, you know, I would 
call in and I would say, you know, up, oh, it's not my color today. So that means I can maybe get away with something, <laughs> you know, where, you know, I was jeopardizing my freedom, but it was because I wanted the instant gratification that I knew it would come by using. And you just throw all logic out with instant gratification just denies logic, even though you like even though those children knew they would get more marshmallows if they just waited, mm -hmm. they couldn't do it. Well, you know, just as you're sitting here talking about this, my mind went to um, it's easy because I've seen the some, I don't know if it's the exact video you're talking about, but I've seen where children they look cute because they look like they're fit to get in trouble <laughs> yeah. and all of that. And they're, they're just going one marshmallow, two marshmallows, you know, and well, one marshmallow is good. Cause that's usually about how big my snack is anyway, or whatever. Cause you know, a lot of these kids were like, you know, six or seven years old that I was watching, but I, my mind goes to as adults, we're not necessarily looking for the marshmallows anymore, but we're looking at the things on our level. And one of the things that hit home with me here lately is again, losing weight. Well, you know, ideally, you know, um, to lose weight, what is it? You got to burn, like you got to be in deficit 3,500 pounds per week, something like that. 3,500 calories. Yeah. 3,500 calories. I'm sorry. That's a pounds. It? No. I was like, man, yeah, yeah. How that's, big that's, are you that's a strict diet. Um, so, you know, so you got to go in deficit, um, that 3,500 calories in order to lose one pound of weight, uh, per week. And so anyways, I, I will get really good on my diet and I'll crank it out and I'll do, do extremely well. And well, then I'll look at the scales and I'll go, well, I didn't lose anything this week. You know, and you know, your body adjusts and it, you know, ebbs and flows, it's, and you know, apportions itself different ways. And, and so I get really discouraged because I didn't get the immediate results from what I thought I should get. And so I just give up. Right. You know, and, but, but yet if you really look at the people who are successful on losing weight, it's the delayed gratification. Like, you know, they, they go for the long haul to get the reward. You, if you just base it on what you're going to get quickly, um, it didn't really always work. You know, one of the problems that I've seen with instant gratification is most people in general, and I'll even throw myself into this, even though I try my best to stay out of this category, is that we want as much return as we can get for the little amount of result, uh, of work. Yes. You know, so we, we just kind of want to blink our eyes and lose the weight. Yeah. We don't want to go to the gym in the morning. We don't want to go run or do any cardio. We want to go up here and do strength training to lose weight. Those things don't really work. You got to put the work in to really get it. Um, even looking at an adult version of this would be like savings. If you yeah. want to retire early, everybody wants to retire early. Nobody wants to work their whole life, but they don't want to put money into savings. Right. You know, I, I guess probably one of the, the earliest times I can think about this, and it makes sense to me, it may not make sense when I explain it, but let's say if you had this situation when i was probably 16 17 years old um, my parents at the time i don't remember what car they drove but they drove a nicer vehicle it was a newer car it wasn't brand new but it was much nicer than what i would drive and i always wanted what my parents had like you know if they've got it i should have right it. but I, I forget that they had worked 40 years to get that car <laughs> oh, yeah, and mine that. was gifted to me you know because well i just turned 16 or whatever 
And there was all, so what's the first thing I do? Well, I go buy a new car as soon as I'm able to get credit. And then I go into debt trying to dig my way back out of that. And then I end up wrecking it with a DUI. And anyway, anyway. It, goes, it, it all yeah. goes south. But, you know, I wanted what my parents had because I deserved it now. Right. I didn't want to wait and save like they did and pay cash for the car and not have to worry about having to have full coverage insurance and all the other things that come with it. I just want, I want my cake and I want it now. Yeah. I mean, you see this with get rich quick schemes all the time. I mean, this, you know, I read a, uh, a news article the other day was talking about uh, stock market investing this year is like, way up because of people because of coronavirus and all that kind of stuff and people are trying to get rich off the market real quick and a lot of people are losing tons of money because they don't even know what they're doing and um you know we we want it we want the biggest return you're you're smiling at me because <laughs> i got money in the stock market and i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i know that's why you're laughing over there i'm doing okay doing all right. <laughs> I ain't lost it all yet. Yep, ain't lost it all yet. It's I'm coming. S- still waiting on it to come back up. It's going to come back up. I promise. Delayed gratification. Delay, I, I'm, I'm letting it. I'm letting it. I'm letting it ride. That's it. Yeah, I didn't yank it out. But anyway, so you know we see this all the time with all kind of different things. You know, losing weight quick. You know, we all want it now. And what it, it does is it, it it skirts around the real work that that needs to come in to make big changes. And when you when you put in you know real consistent work over time to achieve a goal, the reward that you get is usually way better. You know, um, especially in recovery, it, it kind of reminds me of the ninth step promises. I remember when I was first in meetings and they read all those out, and at the end of it, as you know, it says. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. I was always like, I think so. Because you know? <laughs> right. when you're new in recovery, you know, f- fear of economic uh, insecurity will leave you. I mean, that part in and of itself, I was like, I don't think this is going to leave me anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And it was only by doing the, the consistent work of working the steps over a period of time and keeping on coming back and staying sober was I able to start reaping some of those night step promises and some of those finally coming true. But the reward was so much greater than, you know, um, just walking in a meeting and and expecting just to get sober right off the bat and have peace and serenity from day one. Right. You know, it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that for me. When uh, I, I first got sober and th- this is, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on here or not, but when I first got sober, um, I began to see the destruction from my past. And that may sound weird, but when I was in active addiction, I didn't realize what I was doing. I mean, it was it was pure chaos, but I didn't know that it was as bad as it was. No. Yeah. And so, um, like most people in recovery, I began to see that my life was in shambles. But my life started getting better because I was sober and working some steps and Things, you know, my, my sponsor was showing me how to work through everything. Um, but one, another thing I saw through that is the people that I was, my peers that I had grown up with in school or family members who were about my age who had not gone down the path of drugs and alcohol like I did, they were leaps and bounds ahead of me. Like financially oh, yeah. speaking, they had houses and kids and all the different things that I was like, 
this is where I should have went and done, but I didn't. I, I squandered all my stuff. And so now I want all of that stuff back. You know, my 20 years plus worth of drug <laughs> right. addiction, yeah. I want it back now. Yeah. And um, so... And I would get resentful because they had it and I didn't. And why can't I have it now? I'm sober. Dead yeah. gummit, I'm doing right. I and I want it, it now. Yeah. And, uh, and so that was the weird part about it. So now I, I'm having to fight this tension in my life now of should I, you know, let's just say my buddy's got this new car. Should I just go buy this new car now because I'm not just throwing my money away on drugs? Or should I wait and make a a more wise decision somewhere else. I don't know what those things look like um, at that point in time. And I believe there's this unwritten rule that you hear around um, recovery about, you know, keep a dog al- or a plant alive for a year, then, you know, maybe keep an animal alive for two years. And then, then, then you're ready to start dating or whatever. Right, yeah. Those, those small things let your brain recalibrate for lack of better words to start thinking correctly again or, or more yes. effectively. And so it was through that period of time, I would talk to my sponsor a lot and say, look, should I go buy this? And sometimes I wanted him to say yes. And he would say no. And I would get mad and argue with him. And, but I, I had to trust that he knew better than I did yeah. because he was further along down the road. And so what I say all that to say this is what those conversations did for me, even though in spite of my emotions, I wanted those things now, whatever they may be. Maybe it was a wife, a girlfriend, a, um, you know, a car, a kid, whatever. I wanted them now, but he had to explain to me there's a reason you don't have them now and you need to wait long enough yes. to be able to manage it. Mm-hmm. And what that did was to give me the opportunity to grow personally and um, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, all of those things. So that way I was ready to have them right. when they were given to me. Yeah. Um, and they were better. Yes. Much, much better. Yeah. You know. It makes me think about like whenever, you know, somebody who's in recovery and, and I've even done some of these things, you know, you want to, you want to get all that stuff back right away. And what you, you fail to see early on. And this is why having a sponsor is so important is that, your sponsor in delaying some of those things, like, you know, that's why they say, you know, wait a year before you start dating or wait two years before you start dating. What they're trying to do is they're trying to set you up to have a life, to build a life that you don't need to escape from anymore using drugs and alcohol, that you're not going through your 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 life, you know, creating a tornado of destruction that you want to, that you feel ashamed from and that you want to escape from. Um, you know, that, that's the, that's the problem in recovery is that instant gratification. You know, I, I, I've done this and I've, I see a lot of other people in recovery do this is they cut out the drugs and alcohol, but they seek uh, every other opportunity to have instant gratification as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's gambling or, you know, um, sleeping with as many people <laughs> as they possibly can mm-hmm. Or, you know, or some, or whatever else it is, food, food addiction. And so they still have that destructive tendency in their life. And, you know, it's just, it's hard to think about the future and to think about building a healthy lifestyle that you don't need to escape from. And that's where having a sponsor walking alongside you, you know, showing you those things and telling you those things, making those suggestions is, is a huge part. 
I don't know if this is actually falls into the exact category of instant gratification, but uh, I was reading reading a book or listening to a podcast the other day, and it, it hit on this, and I knew that I felt fell into this category. But it, um, I, I know some of the folks listening now they're going, yeah, that I, I can't relate with what you're talking about, um, and so I wanted to kind of share this as a different spin to it. But um, most people do social media of some form, and it seems to be depending on what age you fall, age group you fall into, is whether you use Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok. Yeah, whatever. That's going to be banned in, in the U.S. TikTok-y. Just our foreign people will hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, have you ever? See if you've done this. If you ever like posted a meme or something on, let's say Facebook, that's what I use the most of. And as quick as you post it on there, you start looking to see the little red notification, how oh, many yeah. people's liked it. Yes. And, and you constantly keep looking at, well, why ain't nobody else liked that yet? Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. Why, You're like, it's you know, been five minutes. Yeah, I should have 100 <laughs> likes already. I know. Oh, yeah, I do it. And so to me, that that can fall into this category of this instant gratification. Yeah. We yeah. expect it right now. Yeah. Right now. Not, not later. Not for it to get out to anybody else. We want people. In fact, we want, as soon as we say something or do something, we want other people to respond to us in that moment and that's the reason you hear a lot of times in recovery is the world doesn't revolve around you yeah and oh, man i'm so guilty of that yeah. like i've never thought i was selfish dude ever like even in active addiction i would share a beer on my six pack with you and so if i was giving i mean how could i be selfish yeah and i see it even with text messages and stuff like that and calling people like well why hadn't they it's been 10 minutes. They hadn't called me back yet. What's going on here? They're not sitting yeah. on go waiting for my phone call. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Roger always says whenever I, whenever he calls me and I answer. He's like, you were waiting on me to, to call, huh? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but it is because I don't, in my mind, like if, if they don't respond to me fairly quickly, well, then they're avoiding me. Not that they're actually busy working or with their family or anything like that. You know, you're supposed to stop and do what, what I want you to. And it's those that mentality that I believe send a lot of people into addiction. Yeah. That may not be the best wording, wording for it, but I think those are, are some of the precursors that lead us into addiction. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think selfishness and self-centeredness is definitely linked to instant gratification, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of our actions, especially in active addiction, are all self-centered, and we're not worried about other people and how our actions might affect those other people. We want the instant gratification of what we're doing at that moment, and even if it's destructive to other people. So I definitely think those are tied together. But delayed gratification, as we mentioned earlier, it, it really has um, a benefit to it because it's usually a large reward at the end, uh, much bigger much than you would get at the beginning, just like your your illustration of the marshmallow. You could have one marshmallow now or you could have two later. If you took it to a financial sense, and I don't have a computer or anything in front of me, but if you start looking at compound interest and you took $1,000 now or you took that $1,000 over a 20-year period, you know, compounded at eight percent interest rate, you may get twenty thousand yeah. dollars. You know, I don't, I don't have a clue if those numbers are right, but you know, the point I'm making is there's, there's usually a larger reward at the end. There's usually an exponentially larger reward exactly. at the end. It, it really is, and so 
it, you know, you can't sit there and expect like, um, going back to my illustration, I wish I was like all my other peers were. Yeah. Well, if I'm 20 years behind them because of the active addiction that I was in, the only way to catch up with that is not to go buy the car that I really want to make it look like I'm where they are today. It's to start saving my money so that I can catch up with them on the other end, way down down the road. I have no way of making up 20 years of their progress overnight. There's no right. way of doing that. And so I've got to lose that lie that I'm trying to live by and figure out how to live right from this point forward and to, to catch up with that. So, you know, theoretically speaking, then, you know, the best idea would be to begin saving a thousand dollars a month and let the compound interest catch me on the other end. And maybe I could retire before they do because I, I, I did better with my money management in the meantime, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so it's about making wiser decisions for delayed gratification, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's really what all delayed gratification is. It's putting off what I want now for a larger return on the end. And when you've squandered so many years of your life, you really need those larger payouts at the end. I mean, it's not always a financial thing. You know, it happens, like I mentioned, with my wife. I was a much better husband, you know, I, had I just started dating her day one in recovery. I had some time to work on myself um, by going through different cars, you know, working my way up. It made me grateful for the vehicle I have today because I know what it's like to drive around a vehicle with the hood smashed in <laughs> because that's all I could afford, you know? Yeah. And so all of those things made sense to, to wait and realize that where I'm at today is usually a, con- is a direct result of the consequences of my actions and that if I can – put off what I think I have to have today for what I can get later on down the road, that later on down the road is much better for me. And that's, and that's the essence of working a recovery program, you know, because rarely do we see, and I've ne- it's never happened to me, somebody just instantly gets sober and stay sober from then on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, you know, work that's put in. It's a process, and that takes putting off that gratification uh, of so many different things until you can build upon, you know, each small success as your recovery journey progresses. And it's really tough to do, but that's why we do this together is we can help each other and support each other through all this. So if you're, if you're newly sober and you're listening to this and you, you haven't gotten a sponsor, get a sponsor. Um, I, you know, we, we've talked about sponsorship a lot on this show and I, I think it's worth it because it, it really helps to have somebody to walk this journey with you and to show you, you know, that this can be done and to point out the things that you need to you need to put off and that you need to, you know, not jump into right away, whether that's a relationship or whether that's, you know, uh, whatever that may that may be, you know, having that person who walk this journey with you is very important. And then, you know, at the end, the the reward is just so much greater. So, Well, all right, Jason. Thanks for talking to us about what it looks like from instant gratification for delayed gratification. And hopefully we didn't make it more confusing. Um, You know, essentially it's about postponing, you know, what we want today to, to have something greater down the road. You know, and it's a bigger payoff, but there's more sacrifice to it. But it's worth it, you know, um, it. for for people who's lived through it. Um, I, I want to encourage you and let you know that it is worth it. Um, but it's worth it because you're worth it. 
that just went, went <laughs> south. That, that sounded like a counselor's voice right there. <laughs> so um, if you haven't already, please go leave us a review. Uh, you can do that at Apple um, Podcasts. You can also do that on our Facebook page. But Apple Podcasts is probably where the main bulk of people listen to us. And by leaving a, a rating and a review there, you can help us get our show out to more people. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is just reach the, the next person who's struggling just like we were. Um, do that for us. Also, if you've got any ideas for the show or if you would like to be a guest on our show yes. and share your story of recovery, we would love to hear those things. And you can send those to us at soberholicpodcast at gmail.com. You in Ireland, send us an yeah. email. I, I, I'm determined to find that. We are going to get them. We know you listen to us. We see it. We know. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds creepy. We know you listen. <laughs> <laughs> And then finally, um, if you haven't done it yet, you can also go to soberholicpodcast.com. Did I get that right? That's it. Soberholicpodcast.com. Yep. And and you can actually listen to all of our shows, and there's over two years worth of shows to to hear from there. So go go listen to something else, Um, and you can listen to Jason talk until you're just tired yeah. of listening to Jason talk. Well, our, one of my favorite things to to get from people is somebody who's not in addiction. They'll text me and they'll say, hey, you know, my friend so-and-so, you know, is just getting sober. Um, especially this has happened several times this year. And they'll say, hey, I, I sent them, you know, your your podcast information. And then, uh, you know, we'll hear back that since, I mean, there's no meetings right now. You know, um, we'll hear great feedback on as far as just being able to connect to some type of recovery resource um, during this time. And so, you know, if you have a friend uh, struggling with addiction or whatever, send them our podcast information. Sounds good, man. Well, that's the end of another one. My name's Roger. Jason. And we're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics. Soberholics.